Yo, what is up? You have found We Like the Blazers. I am your host, Ryan Witty Whitledge, and I am joined, as always, by the man with the best hair on this podcast, Mr. Brandon Goldner. Yo, How are you doing, Brandon? I am good. Uh, the non-witty Brandon Goldner here. Yeah, my hair is doing a thing. I got a weird haircut, and honestly, she cut it sort of oddly, but I am coming live and direct from Connecticut, and I want you to tell people why is it that I sound kind of tinny and you still sound as beautiful as ever, because I just don't understand. Well, I am also traveling, and I am in the uh, lovely Las Vegas for the 4th of July weekend, but my buddy, Brandon Kennedy, uh, he actually bought a place down here about a month and a half ago, and he is what, I guess you could consider a professional YouTuber, and uh, so I'm surrounded by thousands of dollars of uh, of Rubik's Cubes from his Cube Solve Hero channel, but yeah, he uh, has a full, apparently this used to be a closet, which this is a gigantic closet, but he turned it into a studio yeah. space, so, so I just had to bring a couple things with and then, hey, I'll just plug directly into uh, somebody's already existing studio. That is a huge closet. I saw when you tilted the computer around, I was like, yeah, that's huge. Um, I'm recording in a bedroom above an outdoor garage, sharing the room with a 3D printer. So Cassie's dad is like a super tech dude. He's into like drones and uh, things like 3D printing. And so he's actually right now printing something of his own design, which is like, that's a, that's something I'm learning another level. Like you can get designs online, right? And download it, put it into the printer. It's yeah. something else. You could also make them yourself. Um, it's pretty fascinating. He's created a bunch of frogs and like a castle and like these vases and he might be making someone a birthday gift or something. Anyway, so that's where I am. Rural Connecticut, but with a 3D printer and with super fast internet. So even though I don't have my microphone, hopefully the internet connection stays strong. Just as I hope Blazers fans have been staying strong during this odd time. Ryan, Dear Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like that transition? Yeah, I, that's 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 about as good as it, it was. I mean, it, it was better than anything Neil's said in the past two weeks. So Yes, a better than anything uh, president of basketball operations, Neil Olshay, has said in the last two weeks. And you and I have, have gone through kind of the, the hire of Chauncey Billups and how, in what ways that has been both problematic and thought-provoking for people. I don't know how much time you wanted to spend on this because by now it is old news. Um, but that press conference introducing Chauncey Billups, the I mean, my short analysis, and again, not to make too make too much of this, uh, it was pretty bad. I mean, considering it was a shit show. It yeah. was a shit show. So, did you watch it live, or did you watch it later? What was your? How did you engage with it? Uh, I, I I caught it live. I was at work, but I just I, I mean, I always have my headphones in at work. Normally, listen to podcasts, so I just pulled up YouTube TV and freaking and streamed it right from there. So I was listening. I wasn't always watching. Like I didn't his little water bottle sip. I had to catch the the reactions to that later to find out what oh, that yeah. actually was. But but no, I, I listened to it live and I thought it started out good because I was I was curious if it was going to be one of those things of addressing the elephant in the room. And so it was good that they came out with it to some degree and at least like yeah. acknowledged it all of their pivots not the best um i i personally like i thought chauncey did okay there were obviously areas where things could have been better where they could have acknowledged you know that they want to be better individuals as an organization or chauncey as a whole and acknowledge suffering that women has caused the one downside for billups is it came off as he seemed to play the victim a little more in all of this then oh, yeah and, and that's just that's that's bad, but I, I will forever be confused how a, a major sports organization knew this was coming. I mean, to plan for this, all you had to do is spend an hour on Twitter and scroll. Right. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> and none of that happened. 
I hey, I agree with you. Uh, by the way, if you want like a full my full recap of the press conference, you can go to welikeTheBlazers.com and check out our newest article that I wrote grades uh, for both the Blazers and and Chauncey in that press conference. I agree with you that it was important that they addressed it right off the bat. I thought that was good. That's something that I gave Olshay credit for. In fact, I begin the story by saying that's something I thought went well. I also agree with you that they prepared for this as defensively and poorly as possible. And the thing that I think is kind of funny is like, for as much as you might not like Neil Olshay, it's supposed to be that the the trade-off for him kind of being a jerk, kind of being an egomaniac, he's supposed to be this like super comms professional, right? And he whiffed it by He's never he's never been. He always gets super defensive and argumentative in every single press conference he does. So then it's it so at least strategy-wise, he's supposed to be someone who's like really good at strategizing how you talk about stuff and like keeping a consistent message, right? And this just felt like a failed attempt at trying to corral a message that is uncorralable at this point. Um, so I agree on that front. I also agree Chauncey should have given a lot more deference to the reasons why people were upset about his hire. Even if he contends that the things he's accused of doing that he has not done, you can still do that in a way that addresses the systemic problem of women not being believed when they report sexual assault and why that among other reasons, people would have been super uncomfortable. Um, So yeah, it was a shit show. They shut down Jason Quick's question that was, by the way, such a softball question to Billups. Asking- it's basic. It's basic reporting 101. It's Billups mentioned something. Uh, they weren't doing in traditional press conference style because of still COVID regulations. So the guy didn't. Or when you asked a question, you didn't have the mic. You had to. A mic was handed to you. You ask your question. They take it away. In normal situations, somebody had asked something. The person responds. You have the chance for a follow up question. So Quick had to basically wait in line for his turn again to get a follow-up question. And that's all that was just a softball follow-up question. That's right. Yeah, I agree. And especially because the way he framed it was, it was, it was a talk about question, which I know that some players and coaches, when you're talking about basketball, you know, talk about why you failed. They don't like those kinds of questions, but what it does allow you to do is say anything you want. So Billups, who appeared to be prepared to answer, could have said anything that he wanted in response to that question from Jason Quick. And now, instead, Neil O'Shea, as you said, takes a sip of water, looks at the PR personnel awkwardly. And then, honestly, I kind of felt bad for her because now she's in the position to look like the bad person shutting down the question when it was clearly Neil O'Shea signaling for it. And now the Blazers have become a meme. They're being made fun of from every corner of NBA reporting. And by the way, I have to say this because I'm I'm, I'm being better on Twitter, but so the podcast is my safe space to be a little snarky. (laughs) For people who say, oh, the only people who are criticizing Neil O'Shea, people who didn't like him already, bullshit. People who don't have a vested interest in this team rightfully criticized how Neil Olshay approached that press conference. And I think all you have to do is go to Twitter or at least that day or the day after and Google you know, Twitter search for Olshay or the Blazers that you would have found that. So, yeah, that was uh, how they handled that was very disappointing. Yeah, I mean, uh, John Hollinger, uh, the athletic, he just put out a piece not too long ago talking about like how the Blazers bungled their their stuff with Billups and how the uh, Jason Kidd stuff has been bungled with the Mavs and saying like, should the NBA have like as a hold, you know, they don't like to be heavy handed involved in team stuff, but like, should they set up some some baseline rules or whatnot for for hirings and everything? And I, I don't think there should, but um 
I don't know. It's I it's agree weird with you, too. Actually. Yeah. Uh, um, the other thing too is that for anybody that's like, well, wh- what did you want him to do? What did you want him to talk about? You know, questions were answered. Yada yada yada. Questions were answered, but again, you could tell there was like a three question limit on it, and then everything else was going to get brushed away. Um, and it's again, I'm somebody who falls in this weird Venn diagram of that. I'm okay with the higher. I, I, I like the higher, but I understand where everybody else is coming from. Uh, don't be the asshole that just jumps in and goes, well, it just, let's just focus on basketball. Your questions don't matter. No, the questions don't matter to you. Yes. But maybe they do matter to somebody else. Yeah. That's, I think that's a really good way to put it. And by the way, to your point, and I agree with you about the NBA, shouldn't necessarily have a uniform protocol for vetting coaches beforehand in their past transgressions. I will just say, this is my perspective and it's okay if you disagree with it, but I've been in government for a hot minute for almost 10 years. And I've been a hiring manager a number of times. And I know that one of the things that really prevents uh, a more representative, diverse candidate pool is if you have background checks for certain positions where it may not be absolutely necessary because, frankly, black and brown Americans are over-prosecuted in the American justice system. So if you have a justice system which treats people unequally and you say, well, if you've been in that justice system, we're not going to give you a job, I personally think that that is very problematic. And so when people yeah. start talking about that, I that is why I disagree is I think we need to be really mindful about that. Um And I also think the way the Blazers handled this was tone deaf and pretty terrible. So, I mean, not to move on too quickly, but I do think that there were at least some basketball related nuggets in this press conference. And while I gave, you know, Olshay and Billups either poor or mediocre grades on how they handled the allegations part of the press conference, I actually thought Chauncey Billups did pretty well, maybe even really well on the basketball stuff. I wanted to get your opinion. Like, and I, I get, I get it. It's like, he's a new coach. It's a press conference. You're not going to get like every detail out of him, but like, how do you think like strictly from a basketball point of view, you thought Chauncey Billups did during the presser? I thought he did good, but I mean, as you're saying, you know, this is going to be a first time, first time head coach or whatnot. He obviously is not, he's not coming in as an, as an experienced coach, like maybe Mike D'Antoni, where he's got this existing playbook that he just needs to implement. He's going to be building this up from the ground up. But uh, I I liked what he had to say. Uh, You know, he's talking about uh, holding people more accountable and uh, you know, it's, it's one of those weird things because everybody freaks out. They're like, Oh, this scheme for defense or this for this or this for this. Well, it sounds like Billups at least is cognizant of, of the things that need to be worked on. And yeah. it's, it's long stated that defense in the NBA isn't necessarily scheme it's effort and giving a crap or as, as I've occasionally liked to call it the give a fucktitude. <laughs> yeah. And, and so being able to hold players accountable that, that that's great. Um, you know, that one of the other things he touched on too, is that he thinks that Nurk's game can be expanded a little more uh, tie that into whether that's meaningful or whether he was placating to Nurk having his temper tantrum when his, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and his and his exit, but you know he, he's looking at it that way. Um, one of the other criticisms I that I s- saw afterwards is that then when you know uh, that people just ran with is that 
Billups is talking about, you know, Dame, CJ, and Nurk, and here's what we're going to do. And everyone's like, great. So that means we're not going to be trading CJ. None of these moves, yada, yada, yada. Those guys are still under contract. You yeah, can't I don't think throw them under the bus. Either. And, and, and CJ's sitting in the audience. So what are you going to do? Be like, well, if CJ's still here next year, but I don't think he's <laughs> yeah. going to be. Well, you're eyeballing the guy. Yeah, it's, it's the NBA. These are players that are currently under contract on your team. You have to talk about the team that you have in front of you. Does uh-huh. that mean does that mean that's going to be the team that starts the season? Hell no. But I totally agree. I, I, how else are you going to talk about that? Yeah, every, I don't need to repeat what you just said. I completely agree with you. And to, to your point about when Billups talked about defense, uh, I am, I, I'm, maybe this is dumb and I'm going to listen back to make sure it doesn't sound too dumb, but I'm just going to read a brief excerpt from that piece you can find on We Like the Blazers Breaking Down Press Conference and that portion where I did give Billups pretty high grades for how he approached the basketball side. Uh, what I wrote there was, Uh, I'm someone who cares a lot about the leadership side of coaching, hearing Billups talk explicitly about being comfortable with having people challenge his leadership in healthy ways was refreshing too often. Leadership is seen as a permanent power imbalance in favor of the leader. And as a supervisor, I learned about how giving up some of your own power at times, letting others make decisions and allowing yourself to be critiqued is a giant part of creating a healthy work dynamic where respect is earned. Billups seems to get that. And that to me, was what I appreciated the most. And you said it earlier about holding people accountable. And he also talked about him being held accountable too by the players. I do think that that's really important. And for as much as I appreciated coach Stotts, I think that we all can be honest. That's somewhere where coach Stotts didn't necessarily excel. He excelled at giving his best players autonomy. He definitely excelled in connecting with almost every player he had, but I don't think anybody could argue that Stotts excelled with the accountability part, accountability part of coaching. And I think that that extends to Stotts himself too, where it didn't appear to me like Stotts gave his assistants a ton of autonomy either. And I do think that that's something that Billups ought to bring. And I think he spoke to a little bit when he was talking about the assistants he plans to bring in. Um, I, I think we can look for, I think he said that too, that like as a rookie head coach, you want to bring in assistants who have experience. I think that that's mm-hmm. a really good sign too. Yeah. And sadly, uh, Fisdale, uh, he was long rumored to possibly be coming up, Dave Fisdale, uh, oh, joining Billups staff, but, uh, uh he, nice. got, he got snatched away to uh, Lakers, right? He took yep. kids spot. Yep. Okay. Um, uh, one of the other things too, with like talking about that accountability and, and, and all that stuff and, uh, and Billups, he sat down and did what I will call the, uh, the home team puff piece in his one-on-one interview <laughs> with, Bro- with Brooke Olsendam. And that's no, 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 way of me trying to like slander her but it's when you're sitting down with the team reporter it's going to be yeah she uh, works but, for the team i mean what he, that, it makes yeah. sense that it would be a very positive interview right like yeah and so he he was asked to about holding people accountable and and he said his quote is i believe from my experiences that trust and accountability are, are two things that all great teams have on both sides of the floor on the office and then trusting each other on the defensive side trusting each other knowing your guys are going to be there and when it doesn't work being able to respectfully look each other in the eye hold each other accountable and say you need to do better so, I yes. mean, as of right now, everything is just words. We'll see if he can actually implement these kind of systems and philosophies. But uh, at least right now on paper, it, it it's going in the right direction. Yeah. And I do think that you I do think it matters when you're a new coach, you don't have a long track record. What are the things that you emphasize first? What are the things that come to mind for you first? What are the things that you highlight the when you have a chance to highlight them the first time. And I think it's good that he's highlighting these things. And yes, it would have been nice to hear some more detail in my piece where I graded both Billups and Olshay on the basketball side. I gave Billups more leeway 
uh, first of all, because he's a first time head coach. So it's understandable that he has not like walked through this stuff and flexed all of his public talking points, because now he's in a position where he's expected to be available to the public all the time in a way that he wasn't before as an assistant coach. And then the other reason Olshay has had the benefit of being in his role for a while. So he's had the power of the Blazers organization and crafting his answers for many years. Billups Mm -hmm. just got there. So I graded Billups more lightly on not having a ton of detail. Um, Also, what I thought was interesting in that interview that he did with Brooke Olsendam talking about assistant coaches again, did you, did you happen to catch that name that came up and he didn't connect it with an assistant coach, but he connected it with somebody who may be a part of the organization. Did you catch this part? I did not. Rasheed Wallace. <laughs> Dude, Coach Wallace? That would be oh, sick. Geez. I want to see. How many, how many texts can a coach get from the bench? Does a coach get uh, get suspended a game? <laughs> I think that would be incredible. Rasheed Wallace is beloved in Portland, and he won a title in Detroit. Detroit doesn't win that title without Rasheed Wallace. We can all agree there. I think that mm-hmm. would be awesome. They know each other. They've worked with each other for a while. What is? I don't even know what Rasheed Wallace is up to right I th- now. I think he's coaching high school basketball, if I'm not mistaken. Great. Get him on the bench. I think that'd be awesome. Like, what's like? I I, I don't know. Like, yes, you need like your lead assistants need to be some people who have more head coaching experience or people who at least have more experience at the NBA as as assistant, but having him as one of your assistants, I think that'd be awesome. I don't know. And I, I don't think it would just be like a novelty hire. I think that there's a lot that Rasheed Wallace can impart to a team like the Blazers. And I don't know, like for some reason, I feel like him and Dane would get along really well. Like, I don't know if it's my imagination. I just want that to be true, but I don't know. I just think that'd be rad. The little kid in me is yeah. like super, super excited about that prospect. <laughs> so the, uh, the other big thing that's been percolating besides uh, obviously all this bill up stuff and the hiring is everyone's absolute paranoia that Dame is going to leave the franchise and, and, and completely abandon us. Uh, and I will, I, I don't think I could put it in words any better than uh, Dave Deckard over at Blazers Edge did. He did a huge mailbag thing with somebody had reached out and said, I'm worried about, you know, Dame leaving because he doesn't feel respected. And, 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 and Dave doesn't, he doesn't take the option off the table. He says that if he, he bets that, you know, Lillard won't play out the entirety of this contract in Portland, I can understand why people would have those thoughts and feelings right now, but, but that it's not happening now. Like, Dame's not demanding a trade now. He probably won't demand one next year. And the other thing that is important to remember too, is that when you talk about demanding trades, and I've said this before, if Dame gets traded, we're not going to hear about it openly in the media of him asking for it because his brand that he has built is on loyalty and trust and all that stuff. And so if Dame gets traded, he probably did ask for it, but it'll be quietly behind doors. We'll never freaking know. I don't know if I agree with that. And here's why. Of course you don't. Well, hey, I've agreed with a lot of what you said today because you've agreed with me. No, just kidding. Uh, (laughs) But no, the reason why is because we've seen Damian Lillard talk with his good friend, Chris Hayes of uh, Chris Haynes, rather, of, of Yahoo Sports. And I think that that is indicative of Damian Lillard being cognizant that if he wants to, he can get his own personal message out there. The fact that that most recent piece from Haynes came out where it said that these things may eventually push him to want to be traded. I think that's actually a pretty clear signal that if he really wants to be traded, that he would have no issue making that public whatsoever or else he wouldn't have made that public. That's my take on it. Like, I don't think, I don't think it will be quiet. I think it will be quite loud. Oh, no, I disagree. I, 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 
just cannot. I can see him speaking through the media in in those vague generalities like that Haynes piece kind of had. But as far as a direct get me the hell out of here. I don't think that that'll ever come. That I, that's what do, I'm talking about. But I do. I, I guess that that's that's a good distinction because I feel that if he goes through Haynes, let's say Chris Haynes has a piece that says sources say Damian Lillard wants out. That's about as clear as you can get because everybody knows what Dame's relationship is to Chris Haynes. So to me, that's as good as being directed. I, I could see that happening. Um, doesn't mean I like it. And and also let me ask you this I f- for whatever reason I was I, when I was out earlier today on a run my brain was I was listening to basketball pod so usually when I go on a run I listen to basketball podcasts so I, my brain was thinking in this one podcast is bringing up this ridiculous Damian Lillard trade not even going to mention what it was not going to mention who it was it was embarrassing but my brain got to thinking Alan Horton Tucker for Dame <laughs> no straight up it straight was, across. It was a it, it was a bad trade. And by the way, if you Google Damian Lillard trades right now, four ideas for Dame to get traded, evaluating all of the 29 teams, the eight best places that Dame can land. It is a shit show of fake trades and fake photoshops right now. But here's where my brain went, Ryan. And let me let me ask you what you think of this. And this is purely devil's advocate. I don't actually think this. But is it possible that the Blazers should trade Dame right now because his value will never be higher. He has no giant contract. Understandable, but nobody has the assets to make it worth it because nobody's going to be trading for a player like Dame Um, or, and I don't, I don't think Dame has a trade kicker, so I don't think he gets to sign off, but obviously in this case, you kind of want him to be on board or whatever, but uh, nobody really has the assets. And if you look at the teams that do have the assets, that's going to be either a lateral move um, or that's going to be a step down. Dame's not going to be going to a situation and any contender doesn't have the picks. I mean, Lakers unloaded all their picks long time ago, you know, all these, all these high high teams do not have a, a giant swath of, of, of picks and commensurative players to get back. So no, that's, that's there's his value is high, but nobody can afford to pay for it right now. So then what you're saying then, if, if that is true, then you're saying there will never be a time when the Blazers can get good value for Damian Lillard, right? Because his value is incredibly high right now. He's been healthy. He's still in the prime of his career. He just came off a playoff performance that was historic, you know, if not for the fact that his teammates went like one for 16 and two overtimes, the Blazers, you know, maybe had advanced, but you know, that wasn't Damian Lillard's fault. Like, are you saying then that if the Blazers do trade Dame, that they're going to get poor value for him no matter what? Is that what you're saying? Right now, yes. But here's the one to look out for. Uh, when LeBron retires in two years and Dame has one year left and is and is a last-year player option or whatnot, that contract becomes very valuable. Uh, just uh, the Lakers will let LeBron retire, and then they'll go ahead and pull off some sort of trade and land Dame with Anthony Davis, and it'll just be the, the top half of that draft all on one freaking roster. But... You know, it's things like that. I, again, the, the value, just nobody can pay the freight for it right now. Okay. Well, so I, I do want to, um, if that is true, I don't really see that changing later. And I guess my point is the reason why I don't think the Blazers should trade Damian Lillard is because he is a franchise level player that you may not see again for 20, 30 or 40 years. I mean, look at the Bucks when they traded Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And to be fair, he asked to be traded. Yes. They didn't get 
a commensurate player until Giannis 40 years later. And I'm also, and I'm not saying that Damian Lillard is on the same level as a Giannis or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But what I am saying is that the Blazers being where they are, small franchise, small market, they could go a really long time and never get a player like him again. So I don't think that they should trade Damian Lillard. But what I am saying is I do actually think the more I think about it, and I hate saying this, if they were to trade him, I think now is the time. I don't think Damian Lillard can play any better. That's what I'm staking my kind of my 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 stick in the ground is that I don't think Dame's going to get any better. He's definitely not getting any younger, and so his value will never be higher than it is right now. Was it three episodes ago in which I think I proposed the should the Blazers trade Dame right now, and you called me an idiot, and that was stupid. And it took <laughs> us three. And, it took us three and a half weeks, and here you are. Okay. No, no. So I want to be clear though. On the, I, I can I can have two thoughts at the same time. One of them is I don't think they should trade him. I think it would be stupid if they did. And the other thought is if they want, if they are even kind of maybe thinking that they eventually will, I don't think that there's a better time to do it. I really so don't. What, what you're saying is you're bifurcating here. I am bifurcating. I am. It, this is, you know, what was the term that he used? Um, the, he, he brought he brought back panacea. I'm mad at him. Why is he recycling words? This is proprietary information within my own mind. Um, Yeah, that my point is that I don't think Dame's value is ever going to be higher. And so if you're Jody Allen, if you're Vulcan, if you're thinking that you might want to trade him eventually at some point, I think now is the time to do it. Let me throw out some fake trades. We're going to make this partially a fake trade podcast because everyone loves Ooh, trade trade machine, trade machine. Damian Lillard to the Boston Celtics. Uh, Oh, that, that. That that uh that Tatum heavy trade package. Uh, that could be it. The the one that I'm seeing is Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Aaron Neesmith, and one first round pick. So, nope. okay, Pass. why not? One first round pick. Yeah, how many? I know. That's what I'm thinking uh, too. Go look at what Oklahoma City has pulled off for Russell Westbrook and Paul George and freaking Chris Paul. One okay. first round pick for a player of Damian Lillard's caliber. Screw that. Then yeah. you're not. Yeah. And, and by the way, I forgot to set this up. I think if the Blazers do trade Damian Lillard, it has to be a complete and full rebuild, a complete tear it down which means you need a lot of future assets. This cannot exactly. be. Yeah, this can't be that you're doing it for someone who's like almost as good as Dame, but he's not very young. Like this has to be a full rebuild. Okay. Different trade. Golden State Warriors. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, Jordan Poole, two mm. first round picks in 2021. I forget what the Warriors have. And then a future first round pick. Seven so, and 14. Okay, so one good pick, one mediocre pick, and then one unknown pick. That's, but that's three picks plus Wiggins, Wiseman, and Poole. What do you think about that? That's intriguing only because of the picks, but I'm also not enough of a draft specialist to necessarily know how how deep this draft is. Would you get would you get two okay and decent players with those picks, or is this the type of draft where you want to package that up and and jump up and grab like a Cade Cunningham in yeah. in the top three or something like that? It's hard to tell because everybody thought that that this draft that we just had was going to be pretty thin and ended up being one of the kind of um, a lot of pretty decent talent actually in this draft that we just had. I think for this one, the big question is, are you big on James Wiseman or not? The dude's only 19. 
uh, we're looking at DeAndre Ayton in, the, in Phoenix as maybe a corollary for a big guy who looked kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. And now Ayton is like, you know, one of the most important pieces on a title contending team, which yep. we have to talk about the, the finals in a second. But um, this one's intriguing to me, too. Uh I still, I feel like you could get more than that, but, but a 19 year old James Wiseman and three first round picks plus Andrew Wiggins plus Jordan pool is not the worst haul. Yeah. Uh, two more quick ones. Uh, I was going to say to, to borrow a Bill Simmons euphemism on here uh, for, for this. Uh, I'm not immediately hanging up the phone Yes, but you, for that one, but you don't, you better get to the point quick. Otherwise I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. I think that's completely fair. Uh, two more really quick. Uh, the 76ers. I ew, boy, I, I I'm trying not to um, spoil it for mm. a second. Lillard and Covington for Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, George Hill, and two first round picks. Hell no, hell yeah, no. I, I don't understand that at all. Like when when we're still talking in the day and age of that, there can be the possibility of a CJ for Simmons straight up swap. You're yep. not getting you're not getting me anything with that. Especially because the Blazers gave up two first round picks for Robert Covington, and so getting those two picks for Damon Covington seems bizarre, especially when Ben Simmons' value has never been lower. Um, and I thought that there was one more. Oh gosh, the Knicks. <laughs> God. I does hate- Stephen A does Stephen A just come up with these and like yes. po- does he have like nine burners and he throws them out there? Uh pretty much, but really quick, it, it would be RJ Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and three first round picks for Dame. What do you think about that? That is easily it's laughable, but it's also easily the most attractive one that I've heard. Really? I don't know. I like the Warriors yeah. one better than this. I don't know. This one has a lot of younger talent. I'm a big fan of Obi Toppin too. So I don't know. So I think the point in going through a couple of these is that it's hard to find equal value for like a franchise level point guard who probably needs to be a team's best player. Where would they fit in? What would the Blazers get back? It has to be a lot of young talent, but I Mm -hmm. will, I'm going to repeat this. I both think the Blazers should not trade Dame. And at the same time, think if they're going to trade him, you'd better do it sooner rather than later. I don't think his value is ever going to be higher. Um, yeah. Before we get to the finals, there's one other blazer related topic that we have to jump on. Very fair. The, 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 if the blazers are going to get criticized for their doing uh, their Friday and Sunday news dumps in the middle of Eastern conference finals games uh, or playoff games, uh, shams dropping right as the Billups press conference kicks off the Zach Collins news. Oh, that's right. Tell us so, about that as I eat an English muffin. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so Zach Collins once again had to have um, a, a reconstructive surgery on the same ankle that he's been dealing with. This is now the the second, um, like, go in and kind of clean it up because things aren't, aren't healing right that he's had on this. Now, a grand total of three surgeries again. I mean, the last time that he had this surgery, it was like a six to eight month timeline. So here we are again, looking at the start of the season. Where Zach Collins wouldn't even be available until necessarily February or March. Uh, he is coming up on free agency. Uh, he is a restricted free agent, I believe. And so it, it's kind of the Blazers aren't going to extend him a qualifying offer at this point in time. I think if if anything, this is you know they'll end up giving him a cheap one prove it one year prove it deal. But what, what's your take on this? Because yeah, I really do like Zach and I would have loved to see him on the roster on the floor this year playing with that second unit. But this is this, 
this is now the definition of injury prone. Yeah, it really is. It's really sad. It's frustrating. Um, Whenever you think of big guys and repeated foot injuries where the bone isn't healing, you think of a lot of bad examples. You think about Bill Walton. You think about, to a lesser extent, I think Sam Bowie, it was his leg. You know, somebody who eventually had a productive NBA career. I don't know if you remember, Zadrunas Elgowskis had like Uh 35-foot injuries, but then he actually was pretty good for a while. This is not great. I agree oh, he was you. pretty good for a while when he was by a young LeBron James. That kind of that buoys a he, lot of us people. He yes, and also like he for that that era of NBA basketball was a, was a good player. It was big and was uh, you know anyway. But the point being, this is sad. It is frustrating. I agree with you. The Blazers are not going to extend that qualifying offer to Zach Collins. And it's a bummer because I was really looking forward to whether he could grow in advance. And I think that it it feels like this potentially could be career ending, um, which is not great. Um, yeah. When this keeps happening, it's just, it's not good stuff. So, you know, shout out to Zach Collins. I hope that he gets better, but yeah, it is a huge bummer. Um, okay. Are we good to move on to the finals? Yes, we can give all of, we're all on board with at just this point in time. We want to see the Suns win it, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, hundred okay. percent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you're not a Suns fan, I don't know what you're doing. No, Brandon Kennedy. I argued with him downstairs yesterday when we we're sitting in his freaking pool, and he's like, "Oh, I want Giannis to win it." I'm like, "Hell no!" At this point in time, you give me the feel-good narrative story of Chris Paul finally climbing the mountain, especially after the mic'd up version of that hug came out between him and Monty Williams. Oh yeah. Did 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 you see? Did you yes, hear that? It was so that, cute. That, it was yeah. Awesome. I'm I'm trying to keep it calm, coach. Oh man, you don't have to keep it calm. You're going to the finals, man. Monty Williams is so great. What a good dude. I just I mean, him the clap. Yeah, yeah. It's also like the a combination of a he knows what he's doing as a coach, and he's also just such a genuine, decent human being. It's just I mean, it's the epitome of you love to see it because you really do. Monty Williams is the only person that could make me fall in love with Chris Paul, which is not something I thought I would ever say. Yeah, I, I know. never liked Chris Paul. I kind of like him now. Um, so you have the Phoenix Suns on the one hand, you have the Milwaukee Bucks on the other. Congratulations to the Bucks for pushing through their series against the Atlanta Hawks without Giannis Antetokounmpo for the last couple games. Um, also the really Hawks. wanted, really wanted the Hawks to win that one. Oh, not did you? Lie. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I think either team was, I was fine with, um, as soon as the nets were out and I was like, I don't really care at this point. I'm fine with whoever I, I feel good for Giannis, except for he's not playing. Um, but I feel no. good for him in the abstract. Um, is he, what is his, I mean, uh, he avoided any major ligament injuries. Yeah. I'm pulling knee, it up right now. I think that uh, my understanding is he's still game to game. Um, yeah, he's day to day as five hours ago. It's reported. Yeah. He is day to day with the hyperextended right knee. Right. I mean, they obviously want to give him as much time as humanly possible. Um, So, yeah, I think that most people are probably rooting for the Suns, as they should be. It's a really fun team, and they're mostly healthy. I think the Suns are coming into this. Correction real quick. Left knee. Left knee. There we go. Fair enough. Got to get Got to get the left and right. That's why the the before surgery, you circle the the knee Mm -hmm. or the ankle that you're working on so you don't work on the wrong one. But, yeah, I – the Suns against the Bucks. I mean, if the Bucks don't have Giannis, or if Giannis is at like eighty percent, it's hard to see how the Suns wouldn't be the favorite. I, I, although that being said, 
it's funny to see Brooke Lopez like turn into an all star. It's yep. fun to see Bobby Portis do his thing and for Drew uh, Holiday to pop off without Giannis being there. And and uh Patty Fastball. Patty Mills? What? No. Pat Connington. Pat Connington. Patty Fastball. Patty, Patty I Fa- call oh, that's right, because he played baseball. Yes, and uh, I inappropriately then renamed him from Patty Fastball to Patty Fast Fingers, as I would assume that the, all the ladies call him. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Um, not even going to clarify what you meant by that, but yeah. So, I mean, what do you think? Let, let's say, let's let's make an assumption. I think this is probably incorrect. It's more fun this way. If the Bucks were at full strength and the Suns were at full strength, who do you like and why? And like, I get that neither one of us follow these teams ultra closely. So, I'm, you know, I don't think we're expecting groundbreaking analysis here. But like, if they were both healthy, who, who, who do you Suns think? Suns and five. Five. Suns and five. If both teams were healthy. Uh, both teams I healthy. I don't agree. I, I'm picking Suns in six, knowing that Giannis will be limited, just at how good the Bucks have looked without him. It's been pretty impressive. And, you know, credit to Mike Budenholzer, who I think maybe has now uh, officially saved his job, potentially. I mean, that that's oh, quite the I, change from people no, calling for they- when they get wiped out in five, he's gone still. I'm calling that now. I don't know, man. A finals appearance might buy you another year if your team hasn't been there. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that the Suns pull it out. I think it'd be such an incredible story. Again, I, I somehow like Chris Paul now. I'd love to see him get a title. He's already going to the Hall of Fame. It would, you know, for people who still don't like Chris Paul, which I think is fair, it would really silence them. And just to see the way the Suns have done it, their roster construction makes sense. They have a good coach. People know what they're supposed to be doing. It just, I mean, I hate to sound like an old man, but they really play good basketball down there in Phoenix. I've just, I've appreciated seeing it. They play basketball the right way. They play it the right (laughs) way. That's right. Yeah. Um, The way I used to play it in 1972, but you know, I, so I appreciate it. I think it's going to be fun. Um, Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty much it. Go, go Suns. I'm a big Suns fan now. Do you have, do you, so I said in five, did I didn't hear, did you, did you throw out a, are you saying six or seven, six? So, so I, but wait a minute, hold up. You said Suns in five, even if Giannis is healthy. So if he's not healthy, are you picking the sweep? Ooh. Or are you saying that he makes no difference, which is kind of a Ewing theory hot take? It's, yeah, I'll do the Ewing theory of that. Oh it, doesn't, it, it doesn't make that much of a difference. Well, part of the, and we saw it even in that Eastern Conference uh, finals or whatnot. You know, if they keep them listed as day to day, um, the you're always going to end up preparing for a team as if their star player is there. And so it's, it's, we've seen it that it's harder to make an adjustment to play a team without their star than it is to game plan for playing a team with their star, because you just, it, it throws that unknown wrench into it. So, yeah. But when you play a team over and over again, it, you can adjust to that at some point. Right. And by the way, for people not familiar with when we say the Ewing theory, it just means when a team inexplicably gets better after their best player isn't there anymore, whether they're traded or they get hurt or whatever. Um, so in this case, if the Bucks are better without Giannis, it'd be like a Ewing theory thing that the Bucks are better, actually better without Giannis. Um, I'm going with Suns in six. I do think Giannis will be limited if he plays. Uh, the Suns without Giannis, the Suns are more talented. They're more cohesive. Uh I am like, I hate to keep putting these like giant expectations on Chris Paul because he's, you know, older than I am, 
but I expect Chris Paul to really pop off. Devin Booker has had more time to adjust to his nose being broken. I think that that really threw him off as it would anybody. Well, if he can stop taking the damn mask off, I think he's got hit in the nose twice again. Every time he takes it off mask on, fuck it, mask off. Yeah. I I don't know. Like, I think he just has to pick one or the other, right? Like, and just stick with it. Um, Well, it's like Covington did. Yeah, no, or um, any number of players before him. Yeah, I and Covington, you know, got better. I don't think it was because of the mass, but Covington got better. Uh, I think somebody, I think it was Terrebo and Biggs. I think it was shout out to Team Mom who did at some point during the season did a split of Covington without the mask and Covington with the mask and how much better he did. Not yeah, saying I that mean, was the reason why, but didn't cover his eyes, but I stand by it. That was a prescription grade mask. Prescription <laughs> <laughs> grade mask. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. I I think, I think that's all we got it now, isn't it? Yeah. I think that that's, that's it. Um, the, I guess that what what's the next thing we're going to be waiting for is for Coach Billups to to round out his roster. I think that'll be interesting. We have free agency coming up. In the meantime, trades can still be made. We'll look yep. to see what happens in the finals. I think Ryan, are we taking next week totally off? Or are we rescheduling? Let's do this on air. Yeah. What are we doing? I I will be at a lake, probably on a jet ski or a speedboat at some point in time next week. So I I will not be here. If uh, if you want to yell into the void of the internet by yourself that's on you i might so would you be offended if i there was a guest that i wanted to get who's a son's reporter um, as long as they don't take my job as long as they don't take <laughs> no that's completely fair um he is i'm gonna find his name i'm gonna butcher his name uh gerald uh borget borget of fan cited and he i get um, no, B O U R G U E T. Um, my sure. apologies to, to Gerald. Um, uh, but he did a really, really good piece on the Chauncey Billups stuff. He also covers the Suns. So I thought it'd be fun to have him on. So, okay. So next week, I'll plan to do it either solo or maybe I'll scream with somebody else for, for a bit. You go have fun. But until next time, appreciate you all. If you wanted to find us, I'm not even going to pretend to make you do this part. If you want to find us, you can always do that at welikeTheBlazers.com. You can also find us on Twitter at just we like the Blazers. You can find me at Goldner PDX. Ryan, where can people find you and bother you when you're on vacation? At the witty Ryan. Very good. Okay. Well, that's it. Until next time. Appreciate all. Thanks for listening. And go. But hey. oh yeah. Happy fourth. Happy. That's right. We're recording on the 4th of July. That's how dedicated we are. We're recording from Las Vegas, from Connecticut on the 4th of July because we are dedicated to this craft. Yeah, uh, I am. I am in a closet in Las Vegas while everybody is waiting for me to finish this up so we can go to a bar and find Bloody Marys. Yeah. I, and people have been getting in here to use the 3D printer. Somebody dropped off food for me, which is rad. Um, th- uh, yeah. I just, <laughs> so I'm about to get out of here, too. We're going to be watching fireworks on the lake. Happy 4th of July. Stay safe. Don't start any fires, please. For the love of everything holy. And until next time, go Blazers. Go Blazers.